Congratulations. You made it to the exfil. You can sit back and relax, unpack your bags, hang on to all your high tier ammo because Battlestate doesn't want you to have any, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you're brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. If you enjoy the show, if you've been around for a while, and you love to hear it back, let us know by giving us a rating, the best thing you can do. Doesn't matter what platform you're on, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen. Give us a five stars, a thumbs up, a like, whatever it is. That's the best way to help us out. We appreciate you doing it. And whatever you do on the platform to like or subscribe or whatever, it's free. And we appreciate everybody doing that and supporting the show. Well, this week we're back. We're going to get into talking about this wipe and where we're at, what we like about the changes Battlestates made, what we don't like about the changes that Battlestates made to the game. We've got lots of episodes queued up. But for this first one, after taking a little bit of a break, we're just going to talk about what it's like to get back into Tarkov after taking a wipe off. So Trigger, what should we hit first? <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much because, you know, one of the crazy parts about playing for, I don't know, I played for like a week last wipe and I feel like I didn't play the second half of the wipe prior to that. So there's so many things that I actually don't know where they landed as far as like when they entered the game. Like I, I read the like patch 14 notes and all of the various things that came with that. Some of the stuff that I haven't seen yet or even ran into. But then there's things that I know were put in at the end of two wipes ago during last wipe. And I'm encountering a lot of it. I guess I, I don't really know where to start on the changes. So perhaps the best place to start is knocking the old rust off the guns and the hideout and figuring out how to play this game again. Because man, it, you know, every time I take any kind of break, whether it's short or long, it is just an absolute train wreck <laughs> when I'm trying to figure out how to shoot, how to heal, how long it takes to get battle. Like there's such a curve in learning the game initially, but there's a curve coming to it from playing anything else. I kind of want to start there. Absolutely. The last wipe, I think I did five raids total, and I just decided, hey, I've played a lot of Tarkov. I'm going to take this wipe off. I'm glad I did because, in general, if you take a wipe off, that doesn't mean you don't like the game or, you know, you're super negative. It's just, it's a seasonal game, and it was nice to take a season off because coming back to it feels a little bit fresh, but yet very familiar all at the same time. But yes, Tarkov definitely requires a different way of playing it than most FPS games. But I would say the biggest thing is I've had to overcome a little bit of gear fear, which was unusual because the last time I played, two wipes ago, I played it a lot and there was a couple wipes in a row that we played a lot. So I just really haven't felt gear fear since we started playing the game, you know, what has it been like five years ago now or whatever. So I would say feeling a little bit of gear fear for the first couple levels was the first initial thing that I kind of had to get over. Did you feel that at all or not really? Well, that's interesting because I definitely did. And I think I still am, right? I, we, you know, we're a couple weeks into the swipe and the inventory management is in full swing. I do remember initially being like, oh man, I don't want to run this MDR because I don't want to lose it. <laughs> you know, I don't want to put a sight on it. It's the only, you know, I've got M4s that are full auto, but I don't have the gas blocks, so you're not going to have a good sight on them. I remember that. I looked at that MDR when I first fired up the wipe and got in and I was like, oh, that's what I want to run. But man, I didn't want to run it. It took me a few raids before I was even willing to bring out the M4s or the MDRs and it's it's just funny, right? Because like you said, I haven't experienced gear fear in quite a while, but after not playing, I'm like, ooh, these are valuable. I know they're valuable because they're good. They're full auto. I can put a sight on this right away. So I didn't I didn't want to go into the first raids like, uh-oh, and, and lose it. In addition to that, I'm also experiencing the same thing with good ammo, which we kind of joked about at the top of the show, but I'm also experiencing it with good armor. Like I have a couple class five armors. I have a couple class six armors that I've picked up 
through quest rewards, uh, in stashes or off of other players. And I'm very selective of when I use those. And when I finished playing last time, I was like, I'm going to use the best equipment available all the time. And now I'm a little more selective of when I do it because of the rarity of armor, the new armor plate system, as well as, you know, my perceived ammo rarity. Yeah, it's really interesting having an EOD account because you open the game and you're level, you know, one and you're ready to go out there and you have just a couple of things which you know for sure you're only going to be able to use and lose and then you're not going to be able to have access to them for a while. I found myself hesitant to use my M4s right away and my MDRs right away and the one or two nice armors that you get. And it was really interesting because even though the armor that I was getting from scaving was roughly the same, I was much more willing to lose a scav kit that I pulled out of Interchange, basically equivalent kit from the EOD game startup kit that you get. So I I don't know, I found it to be pretty interesting and a little bit unsettling at first because I really was intentional about what I did for those first couple levels. And then, of course, when you run into some problems and you start dying, you can very quickly get down to nothing. And you don't have the flea market till 15. So I found that scaving early on really, for me, was the way that I kept that gear train kind of going. But eventually this wipe just said, hey, I'm going to get through it. And I ended up losing all of that stuff sometime before level 15 for sure. I don't remember exactly when, but I think that it is really interesting to come back to Tarkov after taking a whole wipe off and feel a little bit of gear fear because of EOD especially, because of what they give you in the beginning. I was I was laughing and it took everything in my power not to interrupt you when you were talking about the, the trooper vest, the, the USEC armor. I actually feel the same way about the trooper armor specifically. That was the thing that I was least likely to use in the beginning because I value that so highly early on, that class four armor. What's really funny is I feel like I win the early wipe if I kill another player and successfully extract with their trooper armor in levels 1 to 15. That is like the ultimate prize is taking somebody else's USEC armor because you know it was the free one from the EOD kit. I don't know why, but I always view that as winning in the first 15 levels. Oh, I totally agree. And you know that you are definitely exfilling with something that matters to them, right? Because it is so difficult in those first couple of levels to be competitive. Before you're level 15, the game is very punishing. And EOD gives you a slight advantage, but almost a slight disadvantage. Like, I think that in a way, having EOD can actually make gear fear worse. Because what you're going to end up having is a couple of good items, just a little bit of a taste of good items. And you're going to stare at those things in your stash. You're going to stare at that M4. You're going to stare at that stack of 855. And you're going to stare at that trooper armor. And you're going to stare at that Comtac. Especially if you are a seasoned player, you're going to say, okay, I know that I am not going to be able to get any more of these unless I find them now for a while. And I just, I felt like a little bit of gear fear there. And it was interesting. And I wanted to make sure we talked about it because I'm sure we're not the only ones who thought that. Yeah, it's definitely not something I felt in a while. And it actually was kind of a neat feeling to be nervous in some of the early raids. You know, I I keep finding everything we're talking about. It's just like driving me towards like talking about Ground Zero. But I I think we hold that because I think Ground Zero deserves an entire episode of its own. So I'm going to intentionally not talk specifics there. And there's a few topics that I think, you know, it's been a while since we've recorded. So, you know, we we have a couple episodes planned, everybody. So look forward to those. I think we'll do an entire dissection of Ground Zero. But you talked about, you know, number one, the gear fear. And I think a lot of people feel that early wipe. It's just like, oh, you know, you don't want to get behind. You don't want to lose these kits. I know I don't get M855 for these M4s and MDRs till later. It really adds some extra spice to those early levels and to the early maps when you kill a guy who's using an MDR or an M4 and you can bring that out. And for me, that's actually what kind of got rid of my gear for when I was like level four or five. I was using like an SKS or something with FMJ and I remember killing a PMC that was running the MDR and a trooper kit and I ended up taking out his trooper, his MDR, like the full kit, right? Top to bottom, helmet, contacts, the whole bit. Then running his kit, because in my mind, it's free, right? It's gamer math, right? I didn't pay for it. He did. So I ran that kit. And then from that point on, I was like, oh, I can 
I can get some real kills here with the side of this MDR. And that actually let me plow through the handful of quests much faster, I think, than what I was doing with, you know, the scav guns like you were doing and things like that. So I think those early levels are kind of fascinating, especially with that new map. Now that we, you know, we took a break, we both came back and we're, we both experienced a similar thing on Gear Fear. But let, let's talk about that 1 to 15 experience in a new wipe because we haven't done it in a while. What, you know, what, what do you think about it now? How, how did you experience it? I think that the overall experience leveling 1 to 15 is better now with the Ground Zero map. I really like that Battlestate recognized that the new player experience on Tarkov needed a revamp. We definitely are going to devote an episode, maybe two, to Ground Zero. So look forward to that. And I'm not going to get into my thoughts on Ground Zero now, other than to say the idea of devoting something that is limited to new players or lower level players is something I think the game needs just because of the way that Tarkov works and how punishing it is. As far as the leveling journey and experience, I think the game is very broken. It's two different games, really. So you could say it's not broken. You could say that it's really two different games. It's like Tarkov Part 1 and Tarkov Part 2. And Tarkov Part 1 is the punishing experience of getting to level 15 without the flea market. So in a way, you have to learn the game in order to progress. You have to be able to force yourself through understanding where items drop so your hideout can get upgraded. You have to be able to force yourself through learning maps so you can complete tasks to get XP. Because you have to, you can't just kill scavs. You have to kill a lot of scavs to level without getting tasks done. So I do think that there's some benefit to being forced to play the game without the benefit of the flea market and basically unlimited resources. But I do think the balance could be tweaked because it really is a completely different game. And subsequently, you're a much stronger PMC once you get to level 15. So I'm not saying that I think that the flea market should be at level zero necessarily, but there definitely feels like room for tweaking and improvement. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, right? Because I think everybody's going to experience 1 to 15 different depending on your playtime and your playstyle. But I, I actually, I kind of agree with you. I think that the 1 to 15 experience, I think they are working on enhancing it, which is good. I, I'm glad that they are looking at that part of the game and not just the mid and end game, which is where a lot of focus goes into new guns, new maps, things like that, new quests, those those come later. So seeing new stuff in the beginning is great. Specifically on the flea market, though, I do think that the legacy decision of theirs to move that to level 15, I think it's a little antiquated at this point, because number one, like levels like 10 to 14, your stash ends up such a nightmare. And there's really no reason for it. Because like you said, when you hit 15 and you have all this stuff in your stash, if, if, you, if you're a collector like myself, you end up selling all this stuff and then you're sitting on millions of rubles. And then you can put suppressors on everything. You can kick guns out the way you want. You can buy class three armors. You can buy class four armors. It really does. It's a different game. One to 14 is radically different than 15 plus just because of that access. And I don't know that flea market access is as meaningful of a barrier as it used to be in the game now that they're expanding quest lines they're adding new maps you know you splinter off into so many quests around in the late teens and into the 20s so i just i wonder with some of the new stuff they've added and this kind of goes into these changes that we've ran into well in past wipes if someone was like hey man i i know you got to 15 and i really need a fuel conditioner for this trade you know you would occasionally or I know some people probably did it a lot, and I know there's some, you know, there's some gray area there on whether it's allowed or not. But now they've put things into the game where you bring items into a raid, and if you try to throw a backpack or that item on the ground, there's a prompt that says this item will be irrevocably, irrevocably, dis is that the word? <laughs> irrevocably? It sounds like it's right. I don't know. Uh, it will be forever destroyed if you throw it on the ground. And so they've put other protections in. I think around like RMT and trading, which is why the flea market was moved in the first place. So I, I just look at it and wonder if the flea market at 15 should move back to 10 or you know whatever. Like I, I think there should be a little gate on it. They probably don't want brand new accounts exploiting or finding something and going to sell it. But man, 15 just just seems like such a different game and, a, and an unnecessary barrier. You know, I think we've talked about it in the past. What if they put trade goods 
or barter items starting at level five. And then at level 10, you can, you know, unlock gun parts or and then level 15 unlocks the rest. I don't know. I, I just think it needs looked at again because I think it was moved for RMT, but they have so many other captures in there for that specific thing. And it, it really feels like you have to rush to 15 because you don't want to get behind. And if you don't get there, you're not going to be competitive. And I, I don't think that's the feeling that all players should have to experience in the beginning of a wipe. I tend to agree. I think that a good balanced point for the flea market is level 10. Because if you think about the total number of XP that it takes to get from level 0 or level 1 to level 10, it's 63,723. And then if you look at the total number of XP to get from 10 to level 15, so by level 15, you're at 161,000 XP. It takes one and a half times, it takes an extra 100,000 XP to go from 10 to 15. And I found that part of the questing to be a little bit grindy and unnecessary. I don't think that the game is broken if you get the flea market at level 10, because it didn't change anything. Because I went from scrimping along and having a stash full of things which I knew I was going to sell on the flea market, I had three scav junk boxes full of stuff I was going to sell once I hit level 15 and a bunch of guns I'd gotten from scavs and my stash was full. Managing it was this constant turnover of items that I had to deal with, knowing full well that I could get cases at level 15. I just had to get there to get them. That didn't teach me anything about the game. It didn't make me enjoy the game anymore. It just was grindy and ridiculous, I think, for no reason. And it wasn't fun. That's why I think that at level 10, you've spent 63,000 XP worth of time playing the game. And so that's probably about maybe 15 quests or 15 tasks and probably killing 25 or 30 scavs and maybe 10 PMCs at that point, somewhere in that neighborhood. You've learned how the game mechanics work, and now you can dive into the item part of the game and the hideout part of the game. And you can start getting your hideout upgraded and started and things like that. I would say that after playing through level 15 now, I would say level 10 is when the flea market should be unlocked. That feels like a good and balanced spot. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think I think not having it immediately available is fine. And I think that when you look at the grand scheme of things, let's say the end game is unlocking max traders. I don't know what the amount of experience is, but that happens at, I think, level 42 now. And the amount of experience to go from level 15 to 42 is insane compared to 1 to 15. You know, so it was arbitrarily moved to level 15 before. I think with some of the other systems, they could move it back to level 10. And when you look at the difference between how much experience it takes to get to level 10 versus level 15 compared to level 42, it's negligible at best, right? I I just think that it's a little punishing unnecessarily now that those other systems are in play. But as we were talking about the flea market and unlocking it, (laughs) <laughs> when I did unlock it, the swipe, I I was really looking forward to something in particular, and it wasn't there. And I remember when I unlocked the flea market and pass wipes, the first thing I went and did was I went and bought the best ammo I could on the flea for whatever you know, gun I was using or was building at that time. And, you know, at level 15 or shortly thereafter, you know, I remember unlocking the ump that you can build from Peacekeeper, which is one of the really strong, like early mid game, fully automatic guns. And I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go buy, you know, the, the 45 caliber AP ammo or, or whatever. And then I started seeing how little ammo of it was available on the flea. And, and there was some better ammo that I could buy from traders, but there's a lot of stuff that's no longer able to be bought on the flea. And the stuff that is higher tier and on the flea is really expensive because of how rare some of the ammo types are now. Yeah, I noticed the same thing. And in general, I think it's a great thing. The fights generally seem to be lasting a little bit longer and it's not just getting lasered by some high-tier ammo. And it may end up like that as people get past level 42 and the wipe drags on, casual players drop out, and it's just the people who really, really enjoy Tarkov end up wanting to run high-tier ammo and everything. But it should be a little bit more balanced by that time and competitive, I'll say, because the general player base will be kind of moving along if you still want to play. But getting back to where we are now in the wipe, I think this was a great decision. 
I find myself caring about what the different ammo types are more than I ever have. I never cared before. It was just get whatever the top tier ammo is. Once you get it, either buy in the flea or unlock it with a trade or whatever, and just fill your ammo cases with that. You run that and it doesn't matter. And now I have used the Tarkov ammo guide more, I think, than I ever have in the past. And I actually think that's kind of cool. I, I think that's really cool. And I have too. I find some random ammo and I'm like, oh, is this is this good? Is this medium good? Like, what is it? I don't even know what this is. Furthermore, though, you, you said something uh, a minute ago that I just absolutely agree with. I think, and I'll get to it in a second. But the thing that pushed me out of the game in the previous wipe that I only played for a week or two was... Not just the fact they had announced it was going to be kind of a short wipe, but I played for the first week, and then I believe I took a week off. I think I had a vacation with my family, and I got back. So it's like, you know, day two of week three Tarkov, right? So it's like 16, 17 days into the wipe at that point, and I fire it up. I'm like, you know, level 15 or 16 after grinding for a week when it first dropped. The first three raids after I got back, I got destroyed by M995. All three raids really fast. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get destroyed as I try to catch up or whatever. And you know what? It, it may have just been chance. I may have been really unlucky. It may have just been, you know, just complete RNG as to why I got killed. But that feeling of seeing killed by M995 three raids in a row caused me to just be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not interested. I feel behind. And that was kind of it. I'm like, it's going to be a short wipe. I'll, you know, I need a break. Fast forward to this wipe and the beginning fights, I feel like I have a chance. If I die, I look at the ammo and it's been PS or, you know, M855 or even now into like week two and three, it's still those same ammos. It's PS, it's 855. I have been killed by a handful of, you know, higher tier tier ammo, but I haven't, I haven't ran into it very often. And I think that's really cool because Number one, if I get shot and it's not a headshot, I, I feel like I have a chance. I can, you know, I can maneuver, I can shoot back, I can make some decisions in the moment with what to do, whereas it didn't feel that way in past wipes. Additionally, I also feel like you hear a lot more gunfire on the maps. And and that's been really interesting in just hearing how the map's unraveling over time. And I notice this especially on customs where fights will last a lot longer and you will hear players having to shoot more bullets at scavs. You'll hear player fights that last longer. And, it, you know, it kind of raises the nerves a little bit when you get into a long fight because that kind of third party mentality comes in. Like, I don't want that that other person or that other group to come over here because this fight is lasting longer. But it's it's really interesting to be able to say, stay alive longer this late into the early wipe. I think it's a phenomenal change, and I'm really glad they did it. Now, do I want good ammo? Absolutely. But I, I'm really okay with, with not having access to it yet. You know, I'm in the, I think I'm level 27, and the best ammo I can buy is AP 6.3, but that's if Peacekeeper has it, and it's once every, you know, three and a half hours. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I was able to buy it. It sells out almost instantly, you know? So I think even the good ammo that does exist, as you start to unlock it, it's still really hard to get your hands on it. It is. And I do think that's still good for the game, though. I think that as people engage in longer fights, a couple of things happen. You get better with your guns. You learn how to aim a little bit better instead of just mag dumping and then everyone's dead. You know, if you have to run around and actually chase someone in a fight, I think that's really good for player skill progression. I also think that it's just more fun to not just get insta-killed. Also on Tarkov 2, you should have a little bit of a chance because with the new armor system and the armor plates, each one of the armors has a variable amount of hit points. And so the guns and the bullets and all this stuff kind of working together and not covering your armpits, but exposing your thorax as much. And it's just kind of a whole new, interesting kind of feel to the way that the gunfights work. And I think that having ammo that is not necessarily optimized for either flesh damage or for armor pen is a good thing. Like, I just think it's good to have to use whatever you can find. And to me, that feels a lot more like Tarkov being a survival game than artificially gating the flea market at 15. I was worried about the ammo situation and the recoil change, right? I, you know, the, they did a significant recoil reduction, I guess I would say, or recoil control 
which which has made a lot of the guns, even some of the like loved guns that I used for wipe after wipe in the beginning, like the SKS, for example. It it is now really fun to shoot some of these guns. And I, I was a little worried that the, the ammo nerf was because the guns were too easy. That you know, there wasn't a skill as much skill that went into using the guns. Because it was kind of fun to learn how to use those things and develop that skill. But I think it might have been a little too punishing early when you're using like a you know a Vepper and SKS and you shoot a couple rounds and you're shooting into the sky. I think they've hit a really good level for the early wipe. I do have some concerns for later in the wipe with the recoil, but I also don't know that it's necessarily a bad thing. The balance they've struck early on, I've just had a lot of fun playing the game. I know Nikita doesn't want me to have fun playing the game, but I've enjoyed the combat. And I think my key takeaway from this wipe's early combat is that when I die, it's us- it's my fault, right? I'm no longer blaming it like, oh, if that guy didn't have M995, I would have had a chance. No, it's usually me. It's positioning or I chose to bring in a semi-auto gun and he he sprayed me down with a full magazine full of PS or whatever the, the garbage ammo he was shooting. And I like that. I like that it's it's me. It's my positioning. It's it's my gunplay. And every death I've had has been my fault. And I can point to things that I could have done better. And I don't have to look so much at like, oh, you know, he had a too good of armor or too good of ammo for this stage in the wipe. That's not to say like I, I've found some M62. I've found some M993. But I'm kind of cherishing those and I haven't used a lot of it. And from what I've experienced of other players killing me, everybody must be doing the same or a lot of players are in that same boat because it's kind of hard to find. Yeah, I think a lot of people are using, I will call them mid-tier kind of ammos, right? So your PS and maybe you drop a couple of BPs into your mag, right? If you're using AKs, which a lot of people are right now because that's where a lot of the progression is for the bulk of people. And I think that that's a very good thing. I think it makes it exciting to open a crate or open a bag or open just any kind of container and say, oh, there's 20 rounds of M80 in there. And you're like, hmm, do I, you know, do I, what do I do with that, right? And I think that it's very engaging to have gameplay that specifically makes all the stuff that you interact with in the world have more consequences. And I think having good ammo spread out along in each map and looking to find it and whatever. And then you have to decide, well, I only have so much of this. And if I get killed and it's in my gun, I lose it, right? And so I don't necessarily want to lose it all, but I still want to be effective. And I've had some really, really interesting mags that I've pulled off of PMCs where I've unloaded them to see what ammo is in there. And there's like three different kinds of ammo. (laughs) They're filling them with, it's like peppered with a couple of good ammo, but mostly filled with garbage ammo as like filler. And I think that is really interesting because it takes time to do that, but it also means that, hey, they're being intentional about rationing out the good ammo because it's just not as available. And that makes you make choices too. I mean, instead of just being able to have unlimited money in the flea market, buy whatever top tier ammo and then just mag dump whenever you fire your gun. I mean, if you want to play like that, go play Call of Duty, right? That's that's not what Tarkov should be, given how complicated the game is and how many systems are in the game. And so I really like this change. I mean, eventually, everyone will be past 42. They'll be able to buy top-tier ammo. But even then, it'll be on a reset, like you said. So a trader reset will probably slow down the amount of top-tier ammo that's in the game this way. But then there's also hideout crafts, those kinds of things too. But even then, you can only make so much of it or only have access to so much of it. So it's not like you're going to be doing raid after raid after raid, just running top tier ammo with some laser gun. And I think that's just good for the game because it levels the playing field. It means that someone who's level 42 isn't going to kill someone who's level 27 as easily. And it also makes skill matter more than just having, oh, I just happen to have a better gun with better ergo and better ammo, and so you don't have a chance. I'm actually really surprised Battlestate made this change. I feel like this has been, you know, high-tier gear has been an issue for a while. I think it was too easy to get. I think for a while, like, Class 6 armors, Class 5 armors were so good that the only answer was to make good ammo more available. And 
you know, when you're not wearing that stuff or you're not shooting that stuff, it, it never felt good to die to it. And so I'm, I'm a little surprised they went away from that game design, though. And I'm, I'm glad for it because it really has made the early game fun again. Now, interestingly, you, you talked about how some of that ammo will come back or be available later in the game when people can, you know, farm the traders for resets. But I didn't research fully the, the changes on when and where stuff's available. But I'm already noticing that they've either moved a bunch of different ammo to later traders, or I'm suspect that if I if I went and looked it up, I think they've probably removed a lot of it from traders. And I'm guessing that they it's now crafted, right? And the cooldowns may have been adjusted. Now, the thing that's even better about this, and I noticed this on the traders, and I don't know when this was was added. And again, I don't know if that was this wipe or before, but one of the things I really like is when completing some of the quests, some of the rewards now are you can now craft this item. And, and maybe that's been a thing for a long time, but I never really paid attention to it. But now when you get a quest reward of, oh, now you can craft this item. In the past, I remember the quest rewards being you can you know buy this from a trader now. But unlocking crafts, I think, is also a really interesting gate to certain things where it's like, yeah, okay, so you want access to you know, insert high tier ammo here, here's a hard task you got to complete to do it. And I think there's some really interesting gameplay things that can go along with it. I can't remember which one I was looking at, but I kind of like the story driven aspect to it. Like I think it's Shooter Born in Heaven now, where once you complete Shooter Born in Heaven, I think you then get access to a new gun. Number one, I think you also get access to a certain type of ammo. And I think that that's a really cool game design where it's like, okay, yeah, you want the you want the best stuff? You're going to have to do something really hard <laughs> in exchange for unlocking the ability to craft it. Yeah, I think that actually makes it more meaningful and kind of interesting. Now, that does reward players that are higher skill, right? But that's okay. There should be some rewards in the game for people that are higher skill. And we'll see how that plays out in the end if the balancing of the game tends to get out of balance because high playtime, high skill players can get all of the good stuff and low playtime players can never get there because Tarkov is a seasonal game. So it's going to be interesting to watch the pacing of that and see if they adjust the pacing, which they might. But I really like the system of unlocking something that you can craft or that you can buy in a trader by completing a task. I think that's a good matching of game design and also fun because that makes the things that you do meaningful. And what I mean specifically in that way is that if I am a PMC and I just want to run around and get PMC kills, that's a completely different way of playing the game. If I'm a PMC and I'm trying to make it into dorms, into a room, you know, for the 14th time, into room 114, for example, for the 14th time, (coughs) cough, cough. To try to get a certain item for a quest, right? I think that having a reward for doing a hard quest or task is a very good thing. And having that reward be meaningful. Because right now or in previous wipes, really, we didn't care about the rewards from tasks. Because they largely were items which we immediately sold or rubles which we didn't need. And it just really didn't make any difference. And so having a task reward that is meaningful also changes the way that I play the game. Instead of ignoring a task, which I don't care about forever, I now care about, okay, do I need to work on this task, which I don't enjoy or don't like, but it leads to a chain that unlocks a feature that I want. And I think that is meaningful gameplay and better game design. Because there's a lot of people that want to do Kappa, and I think that's great. If that's your thing, that's your jam, go for it. I have never cared about Kappa at all. To me, having a bigger secure container wasn't worth the amount of time and effort to put in to get Kappa. So having tasks now that unlock different things has changed my perspective on what is worth doing and what's not worth doing a Tarkov. So what do you think about that? Do you even think like that or do you even care? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? That's a good question. My, my overall stance on it is I think it's really cool that they're playing with gating stuff and map gating outside of like a key to get into it like labs, but like the ground zero gating of the player level and then gating crafted items and when you can buy them from traders and what level you can buy them from traders. I think it's interesting because it it slows players down in some ways, but I do like what you said about 
objective-based tasks. And it's like, okay, if you discover that the armor you really like to run, or if there's a helmet you like to run, or there's ammo you really like to shoot, you can go research that and find out what unlocks it. And that may give you some trajectory to what quest lines that you're really focused on. I would have said if you just asked me when I wasn't, you know, thinking, you know, in podcast mode, I probably would have said I don't really care because I just kind of try to quest and do experience and do things as they're available. Now I'm sitting here like, oh, I wonder, I wonder if there's some things that are just a quest or two away in a certain chain that would really help me progress, right? Maybe it's an armor unlock or maybe it's an ammo unlock. While you were talking, I, I pulled the game up because I figured that I misspoke and I went and looked at Shooterborn in Heaven and it, it just unlocks access to some trader things once you complete it, the sniper rifle specifically. But I, I was looking at some other tasks and, you know, one of them that I have is is minibus and it's marking the yellow minibuses on interchange and that gives access to purchase an armor from Ragman level 2, which I have unlocked, but it also unlocks the Strandhog plate carrier to craft. I just think that's really neat because, hey, if you really like running that plate carrier, this is a quest path to go down. And at the stage I'm in, at level 27, I have over 30 tasks available, right? So I, I kind of just do them, you know, as, as people want to play on a certain map or if I'm like, okay, I want to run Shoreline today, I'll, I'll, I have quests on every single map. This is going to probably make me look a little deeper into what I have available and probably focus me a little bit on certain unlocks because there's probably some really cool things that I'm not far from getting that, that would really help my, my progression. So I didn't really think too much about it until we started talking about it. And then you brought up that idea of focused progression and, and goal-oriented tasks instead of just, like you said, the, the kind of the arbitrary endgame, which is Kappa for a lot of people. That that really hasn't interested me in a few wipes either just because of the time investment, like you said. But there are certain things in this game that I really like to run, you know, and it's ammo types or gun types or, you know, maybe it's a suppressor I need to unlock. I, I really don't even know what's locked behind this stuff. If I had to complete some hard challenges that got me out of my comfort zone, I think that's really cool. And I, I already experienced that on the, the Shooter Born in Heaven change. Right, it's gone through a couple iterations. It used to be hit shots over 100 meters, and then I think it went to 125. And now it's just hit five headshots on a bunch of maps with a bolt action rifle. I've found that to be really fun and challenging. I think I completed interchange because I, I had to survive interchange operational task 15 times. Or no, I had to kill 50 scavs. That's what it was. So I was like, cool, well, I'm going to kill scavs with the bolt action, and I'm going to try to kill PMCs while I did it. And I ended up getting all five headshots while I was running around the outside map sniping. And that led me to be like, okay, how am I going to get this done on the other maps? I don't usually play with a bolt action outside of the Mosin for the Tarkov shooter quests. It's really made me think about how I'm going to complete that because I like the challenge of that task. Now, the reward isn't something I'm particularly interested in. I'm sure that gun's fun to shoot. I don't think I've ever shot it. But if you added in more of this kind of thing, you know, progressive unlocks down certain chains, it probably becomes more and more interesting the more they do it. So I, I actually think it's a great, great system and, and a great addition. And again, it might may have been in the game for a while, but it's the first time I'm really digging in again and experiencing it. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. And I wonder if long-term if they'll find that they could add more systems behind quest rewards, behind leveling progression that could make leveling more meaningful other than just unlocking traders. Because really today, your level doesn't mean anything except your trader unlocked. This is an interesting experiment to see where they go with it. So I think game design-wise, I really like this particular system, and I'm hoping that they dive into it more because there's definitely progression that is far more interesting to be had. Like I said, now my mind's focused on it. So I'm like, I wonder wonder what, what quests I have right now that, that might have meaningful unlocks. And I think that we both have an MMO background and playing World of Warcraft and New World and other titles in, in addition to that. But one of the things that, you know, pure MMO games that aren't seasonal have have really leaned into is is the concept of gating and and finding ways to do it for all segments of the player base. You know, and I, I don't think that it would be too hard for them to look at things like, okay, we could lock all of this stuff behind 
not all this stuff, but even let's just say the the batch that's currently available. We could lock these these craftable things behind these quests. But perhaps the quests are like tiered, right? Maybe there's tier one quests, two, three, four through 20. I don't know. But maybe things that are locked behind quests that are in tier one quests, maybe they, maybe they toy around with, okay, after three weeks of the wipe, those become available to all players. That way, high playtime players can move quickly, work to unlock that stuff, benefit from, you know, selling those crafts on the flea or, or using the gear, what have you. But then, you know, another way they could do this gating is not just locking it behind quests, but also over time make it available to to other players. And then, you know, these high tier ammo things or grenades or armors or whatever, maybe maybe 20 weeks into the wipe, all players, even if you started, you know, a week ago, have access to craft that stuff, right? It's still going to be easier for players that have the rubles, have the economy, have the ability to go find these items. But if a new player hits 15 three quarters of the way through the wipe and wants to farm up the rubles so they can buy the trade or buy the barter items to craft a good armor, you know, what, what, what's a new player at level 15 with a slick really going to do to somebody who's level 50 and running top tier items? And that's where I think there's a little bit of a mismatch right now in, in how the gating stuff that they're putting in the game works. But I hope over time they keep leaning into this and making it efficient and effective for all types of players and throughout the entire phase of the wipe while it's seasonal. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Because Tarkov is seasonal, a catch-up mechanic is something that probably is necessary. The only thing they really give you is a day or two before the wipe. So, you know, whatever, they'll do some kind of event where everything becomes like one ruble and it's just kind of a meme. Something meaningful during the actual wipe itself, like halfway through or three quarters of the way through, I think would help player retention. Because one of the things you want to do, right, is if you're excited to play a game, you want to get your friends to play it with you. And Tarkov suffers from the same problems that a lot of old MMOs suffered from. It's like, how do I get my friend to play with me in a meaningful way? Your buddy buys the game, gets into it for the first time, doesn't know anything about (laughs) how the game works gets killed two minutes into the raid, and it's like, this is dumb. Now what do I do? I lost everything, and I have no meaningful way of getting anything back. And so I think they definitely could use some kind of catch-up mechanic. Wouldn't it be interesting if they integrated Arena into that somehow? I'm not sure exactly how they would do it, but maybe what you do in Arena could matter to what you unlock on your PMC. They have said things about Arena mattering for your PMC. You know, one PMC two Tarkov modes, and I wonder if they could integrate Arena into that somehow, because Arena is something you can play over and over again without the consequence of losing anything, but you're still getting better at gunplay, you're still understanding Tarkov mechanics, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of opportunity in the game, there's lots of things they could do, but I definitely agree, Tarkov needs a meaningful catch-up system somewhere in the wipe. Yeah, I feel like you just teed up the next episode. I feel like we need to talk about Arena and Ground Zero and that's that's kind of you kind of hit it on the head. I I wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking in names of terms, but catch-up systems is something that MMOs have really tried hard to figure out and and have gotten quite good at and Tarkov is is both interesting, challenging and rewarding because of how hard it is to get into, but I don't know how long that needs to exist in a given wipe, you know, and I, I talked about 20 tiers, but, you know, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, there's four, four tiers of, of traders, right? That you're, you're four reputations effectively. Yeah. Maybe it's after five weeks, all the items, you know, that you can unlock to buy from tier one traders are available and they're like a third of the cost, right? That way is someone who's new and just getting started if they couldn't play when the when it dropped or they're a brand new player or they're just coming back you know again maybe maybe they just have you know access to you know running those guns at a third of the cost so that they can kind of you know grind and push and not feel like they're wasting all their rubles when fighting people that are you know fully suppressed and and chatted up so it's definitely something that we haven't seen a lot in Tarkov you brought up a good point at the end of the wipe when they make everything you know really cheap so they they have the mechanic they have the ability to put a system like that in the game. They, they do it for a week or two at the end of the wipe. So I'd love to see them toy with catch-up mechanics and, and continue to dig into this concept of gating because 
what they've done with ammo has completely changed the game for me and has renewed my love for the early wipe combat that that really made me fall in love with this game uh, back in in the second wipe that I played when I had kind of come to understand the game and knew how to PvP. And I loved that that first week of the wipe when combat was just gritty and just messy and, oh, I forgot my serve kit or my CMS, so I got to hobble around while I fight this guy and shoot him out of morphine or I don't, you know, like it, everything kind of sucks, but in a beautiful way in the beginning of the wipe. So it's, whether it was intentional on their part or it was just a happy circumstance, the first couple, the first two, three weeks of this wipe have been just really fun from that standpoint. And man, I've gotten owned. I've done my fair share of owning, uh, but I'm just, I'm digging the combat right now. I completely agree. I think it could be really interesting to develop a catch-up mechanism that doesn't make the people who are playing the game feel like they're at a disadvantage, but lets everyone who just started the game, you know, at a later date in the wipe, get to the point where it's competitive. Because two things are kind of true about MMO and first-person shooter games when you combine them. It's not fun for high-tier and high-skill FPS players to just kill noobs, (laughs) to dump on the new players. It just isn't fun. Because at a certain point, you're playing the game because you enjoy the competitive nature of it. Now, that doesn't always mean that it's not fun to just get an easy PMC kill. But at the same time, also, you don't just want to be dumpstering on people because that's kind of boring. That's just not going to be something you're going to do. But at the same time, also, to have a catch-up mechanism so that the game can stay balanced and stay engaging for high-time players that doesn't necessarily hinder high-time players One of the ideas when you were talking that I was thinking could be interesting is, what if they did like double, triple XP at a certain point? Because the goal could be to just remove the barrier that exists for people getting to the end of the progression of reputation and the end of the progression of XP to get to level 42, right? So, I mean, you could do that artificially by doubling rep and by doubling XP or by tripling or whatever at a certain point. And it could be kind of this organic thing where you still, as a new player, experience all the different phases of the game. You just get through them faster because there's less time left. And I don't know, it's just a random thought that I had thinking about it. World of Warcraft has done that. They do that every time there's a new patch for the game. They give you a way to catch up quickly so that you can play with your friends and it still stays fun and a social experience for the people doing it. So I think that Battlestate is is on the right path and there definitely is a lot of potential with this direction that they're taking the game. And it's good to see, frankly. Well, I do too. It's an interesting thing because there's so many ways they could go about it. And it's like, you know, they could set like, I don't know, when when so many players, when X number of players have unlocked this, it triggers a 14-day timer and then everyone gets access to it, right? Or, I mean, there's so many ways they could go about it. Maybe that's not the right way to think about it. But, I mean, I can think of 10 systems off the top of my head that would give catch-up mechanics available to people who are a little behind or or starting late, whatever. But I think what you hit on better than I did was this the idea of progression and your example of, you know, it's not really fun to kill, you know, ungeared or lower level players. <laughs> I'll take kills when I can get them in the beginning of the wipe. But there is a point, like if I'm, you know, running factory because I'm farming scavs or kills or just want to do it, and I kill like a level one who's, you know, wearing his trooper armor and his M4, doesn't feel good. You know, I'm not like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not like cheering and like, oh, I got his stuff. I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going to go throw this in a corner. This person's just getting started. You know, welcome to Tarkov, you're dead. But, (laughs) you know, I don't, I don't necessarily feel good about owning somebody who's, who's that far behind, you know, so that's, that's a really good point. And I think at, at certain points in the white progression is really hard if you're behind or brand new or coming back. And I think the thing that Tarkov does better than any game out there is, the reward feeling of progression. You know, you're going to die in this game. You're going to have to try 10 times at certain tasks. Or or if you're on setup, you're going to have to run customs 30 times to get that thing done. And that's going to be brutal. It's going to be hard. There's going to be highs and lows and everything in between. But if you ever get to a point where you're you're feeling like the, the challenge or the reward feeling from progressing is just not worth it in Tarkov, that's, that's why people walk away from it. 
And so they're testing all these things out. I think it's great for the game. I hope they look at all play styles, all player types, and they, they put these things in there that, yeah, if you achieve early, that's great. It's going to help you. But, you know, maybe later it can be easier for another segment. And I just, you know, I don't think that somebody getting access to something relatively easier three, four weeks later than you did is really going to hurt your ability to progress, but it may keep them in the game longer and the servers fuller longer into the wipe so we don't run into those dead periods, you know, halfway three quarters through the wipe. I agree with your point. It, It blows my mind up just thinking about how many different ways they could approach this with some of the systems they've already shown us, you know, at the end of the wipe or these new ones at the beginning. So I agree with you. It's really good for the game. And I, I want to see more and more of experimentation in this game like that because they really are trying some new stuff that we see in MMOs and it works there. It can work here. Yep. It definitely are things that people have tried with other games that have worked well. And Tarkov, being in kind of an MMO FPS survival, its own genre really, has the ability to draw from the experience of other games, which is encouraging to me and exciting to me because we all love the game. Well, I think that's about all we have for today. We definitely can see the green bar flashing and the red countdown timer because we have gone longer than usual. But before we get out of here, uh, we just want to say a heartfelt thanks to everybody uh, for supporting the show over the years and listening and also being part of the Xfil community. It's been really great that even though we've taken a break from Tarkov and taken a break from just being active and producing shows, We're back. We're excited to be back, but the community is still going and we still get DMs from people all the time. Hey, we just found the podcast. We're we're thankful that you guys make it. When are you going to make more episodes? And that kind of stuff is really encouraging to us. And just it's just fun for no other reason that we're just two dudes recording a podcast about a video game we like to play. And it's fun to hang out with you guys and uh, talk about the game. So heartfelt thanks from Trigger and I, as always, for being part of the the Xville community. But that's about it for right now. So we're going to sign off for now. And just remember, we got more episodes coming. A little teaser for next time. We'll talk about Ground Zero. Probably get in a raid story or two because we didn't get to that tonight. Uh, so stay tuned. We're excited to be back. And snow. We didn't even talk about snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> we got to talk about snow next time. All right. Good luck in your raids, everybody. We'll see you next time. See you next time, everybody.